We will be learning the Sikha of Yud Beis, Yud Gimel Tamos, and Chelot Yud Ches, where the Rebbe discusses the special days in this month of Tamos, Shiva Asr Tamos, the fast, at least to the Korban of the Beis Tamikdash, Gimel Tamos, Yud Beis, and Yud Gimel Tamos. So in the beginning, the Rebbe teaches us that, as is well known, every single month in our calendar has a special theme, a special content, a special message for us. And, and this we understand, since everything is definitely with divine providence, that a month that has in it a special day or several special days, so the theme of the month, the main point of the month, is also connected with the theme of those special days or that special day. And Rebbe gives us an example. For example, in the month of Adar, we have Purim. And what did Purim accomplish? That the entire month is called a time of joy, a time of simcha. As we read in the Megillah, that this month became a month that was transformed from sadness into joy and gladness. And practically, la the whole month is even kosher for the reading of the Megillah. And we all know the famous teaching of our Chachamim, that once the month of Adar begins, the whole month is a month of joy. And why is this so? Because in that month, we have the day of Purim, which turned into a day of joy. Similarly, in the month of Nisan, where we celebrate the Yom Tov of Pesach, the Geula, the redemption from Mitzrayim, it is called Chodesh HaGeula, the month of Geula, because there was one day in that month that we were redeemed from Mitzrayim. Regarding the month of Tammuz, if we look into the month, we find in the month two seemingly opposing ideas. First of all, the special day of the month, which is called in our Torah, in Tanakh, in the Nevi'im, Shivasar Batamas, the 17th day of the month, which is a fast day. It is called Somhar Revi'i in the Navi in Sefer Zechariah, where it speaks about the days of sadness that led to the Chorban being transformed into joyous days. And the fast of Tammuz is called Somhar Revi'i, the fast of the fourth month, which is the 17th of Tammuz, because on this day, the inner wall of Yerushalayim was breached and the enemies were able to enter the city. And this is therefore called Chodesh Somhar Revi'i. It seems that this idea of the fast is connected to the entire month as we understand that it's the fast that led to the Chorban that happened in the fourth month. So the fourth month is connected to Chorban, to destruction, to the destruction of the Beis Hamikdash. So what do we see? It seems that the main point of the month of Tammuz is the opposite of joy. It's about punishment. It's about rebuke. It's about suffering. And as we see practically that from the 17th of Tammuz, we begin the saddest period of time on the Jewish calendar. We begin uh, commemorating the three weeks, Bain Habsarim, which are all days of mourning. On the other hand, the Rebbe says, in our generation, a special day became revealed with the opposite point, with the opposite theme. And this is the Yom Tif of Yud Beis Yud Gimel Tammuz, when the previous Rebbe was completely freed from imprisonment and from exile, a Chag HaGeula, a celebration of redemption. And this celebration of redemption is not only a private celebration for the Rebbe alone, but as the Rebbe himself writes 
1928, when he celebrated the first anniversary of Yud Beis Tammuz, the first anniversary of his release from prison, where he says the famous words for all Jews to be aware of, that Hashem did not free only me on the 12th of Tammuz, but all those who love our holy Torah, all those who observe the mitzvot, and also all those who have the title of a Yid. So this is a celebration that incorporates and includes every single category of Jew. There isn't a Jew that is not included in the celebration of Yud Beis Tammuz and Yud Gimel Tammuz. It's a holiday for everyone. So why do we see, according to this, that the idea of Geula, which comes from the Friedrich Rebbe's redemption that applies to all Yidin, is a primary theme in the whole month of Tammuz. And if we have the question, how could it be that throughout all the generation until our time, until the times of the Friedrich Rebbe, we did not know that Tammuz incorporates in itself a theme of Geula, and on the contrary, as we know from what's written in the Tanakh, that it's only a time of sadness, a time of destruction, because we find in general in the Torah that new things are always being revealed, and everything that is being revealed is really a revelation of something that was initially given to Moshe and Harsinai as our Chachamim teach. So everything that happens in the world and everything that exists in the world has its specific time when it is meant to become revealed and then we have to fulfill it once it's revealed the Rebbe gives the example of Purim we didn't have Purim and then when Purim the miracle of Purim was revealed we started celebrating Purim in all future generations and similarly here regarding the celebration of Yud Beis and Yud Gimel Tammuz the days of celebration and joy in the month of Tammuz itself in the time of the generation of Ikvaseh de Mashiach, the hills of Mashiach, very, very close to the actual coming of the final redeemer of Malka Mashiach, of Armelech Mashiach. So this is the time when it had to be revealed that in the month of Tammuz we also have a day of Geula. Then the Rebbe continues to tell us the following, that just like we have two seemingly opposing special days in the month of Tammuz, so too, if we look into the name of this month that contains these two types of days within itself, we find that the word Tammuz also has within itself two completely different interpretations. What is meant by the word Tammuz? So we have in the Navi of Yecheskel, where we learn about the things that the Yidden were doing for which they were worthy of destruction, we learned that there was an idol that was called Tammuz, as the Pasuk tells us in the rebuke to the Jewish people, Hanashim Yoshvos Mevakos Es Hatamuz, one of the terrible things that happened at that time was that the women would sit and they would, Mevakos Es Hatamuz, they would make the Tamuz cry. What is this talking about? So if we look into the Mefreshim there, we find that the word Tamuz really is a word that means to warm, to heat up, to make something warm, that there was a certain image. They called it tamuz. It was made of a metallic substance, and they would apply heat, so it would seem to sweat, and this would look like this idol was crying, or all the other explanations that the Mepharshim bring all relate to the fact that this was something that had to do with the warmth that was brought into it as part of its worship, and this is the lowest level that a Jew could reach. So tamuz has a meaning that seems to have very negative implications. On the other hand, in Chsidus, it is explained at great length that Tammuz, being the time of the year that is very hot, 
the, the, the ultimate heat of the year is experienced in Eretz Yisrael in the month of Tammuz, similar meaning having to do with heat and with warmth, but in an inner way, this is one of the highest things because the heat comes from the physical sun and like everything else that exists in this world, whatever we see physically in our world really derives from something much more profound, something very deep, something in Ruchnius, and in the Ruchnius, the source of the sun, we really are talking about the light of Hashem, as we know the Tilim that says, Shem Shumogain Hashem Elohim, that the name Hashem and the name Elohim respectively refer to the sun, that's the name Yudke Vovke, and Mogain refers to the shield of the sun that keeps out many of the rays of the sun. And that's why in the summertime when the sun shines with such great force, so in an inner way, we really are being uh, put in touch with a representation of a stronger light of Hashem. And the most forceful heat of the sun in the month of Tammuz really relates to a very forceful revelation of the name Yudke Vavke, which means that in the month of Tammuz, the name Yudke Vavke, the rays of that name, that extraordinary light of Hashem, which is above nature, comes down in nature with greater force, with greater intensity than throughout the whole year. So now we can understand something very interesting, that when Yidin have a month and call the month with the name of an idol, how could that be? Especially when in the Torah and Chomish we learn that one of the things we are told regarding idolatry is shame Elohim Acherim, it is prohibited for a Jew to even mention the name of an idol. So how do we have a month that we call by the name of an idol? So the Rebbe explains that in truth, all the names of idols that do appear in the Torah, we are allowed to mention them. Obviously, we learn them, we study them, and Tammuz is written in the Torah. But here, why are we calling a month by that name? Just because we're allowed to mention it? Not everything you're allowed to do, do you absolutely have to do. So why did Chachamim initially choose the name Tammuz, which is the name of an idol that might require a special permission to use for this month? But the Rebbe is going to show us that this is not even a question, even to begin with. Because the fact that we call this month Tammuz is not because it's the name of an idol. This month is called Tammuz because this is referring to some very great level of this name that shows that there is a greater light, a greater ray of expression of a locus that comes down into the world from the Shemesh Hashem, from the ultimate light of Hashem. And if there are some people who want to use this name for an idol, that's why we shouldn't refer to what we're supposed to, what it really means in essence. And we see something else over here that Throughout all the generations, the name Tammuz was known as the name of an idol, which is not something very, very desirable. But in Pneumius HaTorah, when Torah becomes revealed in the later generations, with the light of Hasidus, it reveals everything. And it reveals that this is the highest possible level that the name Tammuz really represents the great revelations of Hashem that are manifest in the intense heat of this month. So now the Rebbe says, so how are we going to understand this? So first the Rebbe is going to give us a possible explanation 
and then show us that it goes way beyond that. Perhaps we could say, the Rebbe says, that in this month, which has in it two opposing properties or two opposing ideas, we have Golos, exile, the diaspora, we have Horban, we have destruction of the base Hamikdosh, and we also have a very special festive day, a Yom Tif, a Chag. So we could look at it this way, the Rebbe says, what is the whole purpose of a fast day? The purpose of a fast day, as we all understand, is not that we should suffer the pain of fasting, and that's what it's all about, but the main purpose of a fast day is that the fast day should become transformed into a day of sason and simcha, a day of very great joy, moadim tovim, special yamim tovim, special holidays of celebration, as the Apostle tells us in the Novi. And that's why we understand that we have to have a fast day of golos, because the purpose of the fast day is not the suffering or the pain of the golos itself, but the main point is to go out of this golos and merit, of course, the geula. And in order to remind the yid that this is so, in order to awaken in the yid to do everything that he or she has to do to make the golos end, so it's, of course, necessary to annul the cause of the golos, which we, which we learn, of course, we say in our tefillah and musaf, that, that we have been driven out of our land because of our sins. So Hashem made a special day in Tammuz, which is a time of punishment, also a day of redemption. And just like in the month of Av, we have after Tisha B'Av, a special day of celebration, which existed in the times of the Beis HaMikdosh, Hamisha Asar B'Av, the 15th of Av, which is a special Yom Tov in its own right. And Tisha B'Av is also followed with Shabbos Nachamu, a special Shabbos of comfort and consolation, which reminds us of the ultimate consolation that we will receive, that we will experience when Tisha B'Av is over and when Mashiach will come. And perhaps that's why we could say that we have these two opposing days in this month. But here the Rebbe says, this is not a sufficient explanation. And the Rebbe brings us two reasons why this explanation is not sufficient. Number one, what we just mentioned a minute ago would fit very well if the day that expresses the Geula would follow the day and the time which emphasizes the Golos. For example, in the month of Av, we have first Tisha B'Av, the day that is reminiscent and we experience the korban of the Beis Hamikdash. So this is about the Golos part. And of course, this is followed by Shabbos Nachamu, a special Shabbos of comfort and consolation, and a special Yom Tif of Hamisha Asar Ba'av, which has its own meaning of why it follows Tisha B'av. But if we're talking about Yud Beis and Yud Gimel Tamuz, these precede Shiva Asar B'Tamuz. They're not at all like the pattern of Tisha B'av, and the special days that follow it, that first we have the golos, and as a result of the golos, we bring about a geula, but rather, first we have the 17th of Tammuz, and then we have Tisha B'av. but both of these are preceded by Yud Yim. they are both preceded by a Yom Tif. So what does that show? It shows that the Indian of geula of Tammuz is not the geula that follows as a result and as a purpose of Golos, but completely on the other hand, it's a Geula that is a Hagdama, that is an introduction, that is a corridor to go into the Golos. So we have to understand what that means. 
Another reason the Rebbe brings is when we have these two things, Golos and Geula, two opposite extremes, and they both come together in one time period and one month. So it would make sense, it makes most sense to understand that when we have Golos and Geula, what we should really feel is Geula. The whole purpose is Geula. Even if we want to say that we have to feel the Golos because through feeling and experiencing the Golos, the Geula becomes even greater as we learn the expression that's brought in the Svarim, that Laksa Bekiflayim, because we were smitten twice, so we will have Nechama Bekiflayim, Nachamu Nachamu, a double kind of comfort. So it would seem that the Golos is simply a tuffel to the Geula. It's something that's secondary. The Geula is primary. And the Golos is there to help bring it about. And that's why it's a Jewish custom. When we think about it, everything fits in so perfectly that the, in the three weeks that are initiated by the 17th of Tammuz, we end up in the last nine days, in the actual month of Av, and we know that it's traditional to call this month Menachem Av, to show that this is really a month of comfort, that this month is the comfort for all the sadness that preceded uh, the comfort. So now we have to understand, if Tammuz is the primary purpose of Geula, which is, I'm sorry, if the primary Indian of Gula is in the month of Tammuz, how could it be that for so many generations we did not even know about the fact that this fast is only secondary and it only became something that we're aware of in later generations after Hasidus was revealed. So here the Rebbe shows us that all this leads us to the following understanding, that the main point of the month of Tammuz is the idea of the fast. And that's why it was always known as the month of the fast. But in this actual fast that this month is known for, there exist two different ways of understanding what the fast means. The first way of understanding what is the fast is the outer meaning of it, that it seems to be a day of poranus, a day of punishment, a day when we mourn the losses that our sins led to. Or we could look into the pneumius, the inner meaning of the fast. What does that mean? The fast, the way it will exist when Mashiach will come, that then it will be revealed, as the Pesach tells us, that at that time, nigla kvod Hashem, the glory of Hashem will become revealed, and we will see that essentially, in the innermost way, this is really a day of rejoicing, a day of ayantif. We will become aware of the fact that the whole, that it's not only a time of punishment and warning because of Geula, to bring about Geula, but in this very fast itself, in its innermost depths, it is essentially a time of joy because the punishment itself and the suffering itself are actually, essentially an expression of Hashem's love for the Jewish people, like we learn in the famous Moshal, the famous example, analogy that's brought that we have a, an awesome, great king who himself in his own glory is washing away the filth from his only son because he loves him so much. So, so too, the Navi Yeshaya tells us in this same manner, Hashem will wash away the 
filth, the dirt of Benosion, which represents the Jewish people. And this is also even alluded to in the fact that there is a whole system in our calendar that is brought by all the Chachamim, that Tisha which is the last day of the days of mourning, and Shavasar Batamus, which is the first, of the, the first day of the three weeks when we mourn the Chorban. So it's interesting that Tisha B'av and Shavasar Batamus will always come out in the same day of the week, like the first day of Pesach, which definitely gives us an inkling into the fact that both of these have something in common. And what does Tisha B'av have in common with the redemption from Israel with the Chag HaGeula of Pesach? The fact is that they are both an expression of, uh, both an expression of Hashem's kindness. And on the contrary, the Rebbe says that in this din, in the Gvura, in the severity and the stringency of the three weeks of Tisha B'av, of Shiva Asr B'tamuz, there is vested in it the innermost depths of Hashem's love for us, and it becomes revealed in the opposite of it, just like a father who punishes his child because the child has done a terrible thing that he was not allowed to do. So the severity of the father, the stringency of the discipline that the father applies to the son is really a result of the profound love that the father has for the child. And that's why the father is so affected by the terrible thing that the child did, that he does something that's the opposite of his nature and he acts strictly with the son because the innermost level of love gets expressed in something that is the opposite of love and kindness, of vura and severity. Now, therefore, Siddhis explains that La'asid Lavo, Tisha B'av will be a Yom Tif, as we know that Tisha B'av is considered a Yom Tif, and it will be a greater Yom Tif even than all the other Yom Tovim. How could that be? So the Rebbe tells us, because if we look at it, after the third base, Hamikdash will be built. So there will no longer be any place for mourning on Tisha B'av, relating to the Beis Hamikdash that had been destroyed. But so fine, we no longer have the Chorban. We have the third Beis Hamikdash. But why should this day be a Yom Tif? It's not a Yom Tif. It seems to be a day that we experience terrible sorrow. And now the sorrow is gone. So it's as if the terrible cause for the sorrow did not exist in the first place. But here the answer is because the main point of Tisha B'av now is really not the suffering, but the innermost levels of love that comes from above. But as long as we don't see the gvura, as we don't see the anger or the disappointment that Hashem has in us in Golos, and the innermost levels of love are concealed, so the day of Tisha B'av seems to be a day of a fast with all the laws of the fast that apply to it. But after Hashem has already meted out his judgment and his anger has been completed, it's completely gone, which will happen when Moshiach will come, what will remain? What will remain in a revealed way? The innermost love that relates to this particular day when automatically when this innermost love will be revealed, it will not only be a day that the Chorban, as if it didn't happen, but it will be a day of very great rejoicing. And here the Rebbe is going to come to the conclusion of Yud Beis Tammuz being a Yom Tov in its own right, and why it was not known before, but how it really is experienced now. 
So now the Rebbe tells us that this is really the reason why throughout all the generation, we had in all the generations, we had in an open way the fast of Tammuz because the intensity and the innermost core of love of Geula that the Ebeshter has in store for the Jewish people, all this was not revealed and therefore we felt the Gvura. But in the time of Ikvus Mashiach, when we begin to have a taste and a ray, a shine of the future Geula, so now the time has come to give us a taste also of this particular fact that we should be able to feel the innermost qualities of the love of Hashem for the Jewish people, which is expressed in the darkness of the three weeks, which is initiated by Shiva Asar Betamos. And therefore, Hashem made it that as a, not a follow-up to the goals, but rather as a preparation and as an introduction to the three weeks, Hashem brought us the miracle of Yudbeis and Yudgimel Tamos, because actually if we study the story of this Geula, we actually see an expression of these two opposite extremes that we spoke about in the Golos. That first there has to be Gvura, first there has to be severity, and then there has to be light after this severity. Ashleim HaMelech tells us in Kohelas that Yisron Ha'ar, when do we really see the advantage of light, specifically when it is preceded by darkness. But after the darkness has been experienced, after the din, after the judgment has been passed, then we see ultimately that the darkness and the gvura essentially was really not only kindness, but it was an intense kind of kindness and it's an advantage of light that comes from darkness. So let's look a little bit into the story of the arrest and liberation of the Frida de Kereb. So what do we see? That the Rebbe was in prison and he suffered terrible pain and terrible anguish in this imprisonment in the most difficult way imaginable. And even a death sentence had been passed on our, on our Rebbe, on the Friedrich Rebbe. But on the other hand, what do we see? That in the actual Geul of Yud Beis Tammuz, not only the fact that the Rebbe was freed from prison, but the entire pattern of the story of the imprisonment what do we see? That it was not really something that limited the Rebbe, and it was rather the opposite. We actually saw the, the extreme intensity of the kindness because this imprisonment actually paved the path to increase and to broaden the work of spreading Torah in a completely higher manner than before. And after this experience, the Rebbe was able to spread his teachings throughout the entire world. As Chachamim tell us, the Rebbe Rashab used this to refer to the imprisonment of the Alter Rebbe, that when you have an olive, specifically when you crush the olive, that's when it gives out its oil. So the crushing of the olive is really a stage in the system of bringing out the oil. And moreover, the Rebbe says, the Geula of Yud Beis Tammuz also transformed the act, one of the days of imprisonment, because if we know the story, the Friedrich Rebbe was in prison on the 15th of Sivan, and on Gimel Tammuz, on the 3rd of Tammuz, he was told that he is free from prison. Not that his experience was over, but he would no longer be in a prison. He would be sent for three years of exile to a way of city called Kostrama. So what do we see? That 
before Yud Beis Tam, and that's where the Rebbe was told on the 12th of Tammuz that he was free. And being that, that was an official holiday in that place. On the 13th of Tammuz, the Rebbe got his official papers for freedom and complete release. So what do we see? That the day of joy of the Friedrich Rebbe not only was a preparation, the day when he was freed on Gimel Tammuz, not only was a preparation to the later, to the, what would follow next, in the Geula of Yud Beis Tammuz, but this day in itself was a day of Geula, just like the fast of Shiva Asr B'Tammuz is in itself a day of Geula, and the Rebbe explains what exactly happened. On the third of Tammuz, on Gimel Tammuz, the Rebbe was freed from imprisonment and was sent away for three years of exile, as we said, and then at that time, it seemed that this exile was only another stage in the imprisonment. Rather than sitting in a prison, the Rebbe would be sent to exile, and in many ways, this is considered a very, very difficult experience, a very difficult challenge, and the Rebbe quotes here the Sefer HaChinuch, who explains that exile, in some ways, can be compared to death because a person is completely removed from society and from anything familiar, until, as we saw, that this was, we didn't really know when the Friedrich Rebbe was freed, if this would be something that would ease his suffering, or this was only a way to ease the pressure that was coming from outside countries who were sort of pressuring the Soviet Union to free the Rebbe. And maybe once the Rebbe is sent away and the world pressure is off, perhaps they would look for another libel or circumstance for which to arrest the Rebbe again, God forbid. So the Geula of Yud Beis Tammuz revealed that in truth, Gimel Tammuz, the day that the Rebbe was freed from actual imprisonment, that he left the prison, was not a beginning of an exile, but it was rather the first stage of redemption. It's a day of Yeshua and Hatzalah, a day of salvation, a day of being saved. And moreover, this Yeshua and this Hatzalah, this kindness that was expressed on this day, when the Rebbe was released from prison, is in many ways a greater accomplishment than Yud Beis Tammuz itself when he was being freed from exile. And now we're getting to the conclusion of the Sikha. So the Rebbe tells us the following. It will also help us to understand, the Rebbe says, understanding what happened on Gimel Tammuz and on Yud Beis Tammuz, the two extremes in the name of Tammuz. Throughout all the generations, when the month of Tammuz was a month in which we only felt the outer expression of Hashem's connection with us, the fact that it was a punishment and the godly revelations were limited, so it was known that Tammuz is the name of an idol, a low level, and it's a time of concealment because that's what an idol is all about, and it's the ultimate concealment, and that's why it's called Tammuz. But now that we get closer to the time of Geula, so the inner teachings of Torah, Chassidus reveals the innermostness of every single thing, and Chassidus he reveals and makes known for everyone the pnimius, the innermost meaning of the word Tammuz of this month, that specifically in the darkness of this month, there exists the Kayach, there exists the ability to see the advantage of light, the intensity of the heat of Shemesh Hashem, of the greater lights of Hashem that become revealed in the intense heat of this month. And being that this was revealed in Torah, 
and then came down in the world in the miracle of Yud Beis Tammuz, where we saw with physical eyes of flesh the tremendous revelations of Shemesh Hashem, of the revelations that were completely above nature, and we broke through the lowest level of light, the lowest concealment of darkness, the deepest and most wicked, worst uh, opponent of Torah and mitzvahs, which the Rebbe was experiencing there in that country. What we see is that those same people who imprisoned the Rebbe agreed that he should be freed, knowing that this in itself would encourage those who follow the Rebbe in spreading Torah and mitzvahs in that country, which means that the same ones who arrested the Rebbe because of his work in spreading Torah, what ended up happening was that they sort of agreed to an increase in this very work, in that very country, as we learn in many other places as well. So one of the most basic lessons we learned from this that we just studied, that Rebbe says is, that as the days of the three weeks approach, and a Jew begins to look into how big is the darkness, how great is the darkness of Golos in general, and especially the darkness of the times of Victor said the Mashiach before Mashiach comes, a Jew, God forbid, could fall into a situation of hopelessness, depression, discouragement, not knowing how we will ever be able to overcome all the difficulties, even though a Jew knows that through the suffering and through the pain of Golos, there will be an, an elevation in other words, Geulah will follow, but right now, the Jew finds himself, we find ourselves in a dark and bitter place. So how can we overcome the obstacles now, right now when we are experiencing the darkness? So here is the lesson that the Rebbe teaches us, that the Torah teaches us, that gives us encouragement, that on the contrary, spe specifically in this generation, the generation that directly precedes Mashiach, we have the revelations of Pneumius HaTorah, which we didn't have way back earlier, and this reveals and makes known for all the innermost meaning of these days, that in these days we have the, the ultimate force of the love, the ultimate intensity of the love that the Ebeshter has for Jewish people, and as a prelude to these days, we have the Chag HaGeula of Yud Beis and Yud Gimel Tamos, which have shown how in the very time of Golos itself, we can bring out in a revealed way this Pneumius Dika love for Hashem, that Hashem has for the Jewish people, and all the concealment actually falls apart. And this encourages and strengthens the Yid to become very enthused in these days, in the, in the days of after Yud Beis Tammuz and the three weeks, in the Pneumius Dika, in the innermost idea of what Golos is, and how much more so that we will not become affected by the bitterness and the discouragement of the time of Golos. The Rebbe notes that nonetheless, we must still observe all the laws of mourning of the three weeks, the way the Shulchan Aruch requires, we must always observe the Shulchan Aruch in all details, but we find according to Torah ways to bring joy into these days, and the Rebbe gives us an example Perhaps one can make a seal of a part of the Talmud, so this becomes a yomtif, even in these days, when one is even allowed to eat meat in the nine days, if one is making a seal concluding a part 
of the Talmud or of the Mishnah in these days. So we actually bring a Yom Tif into this. And in general, the Rebbe says, we must have a Koch. We must have an enthusiasm. We must get very, very much involved in learning Torah. It says about Torah, David HaMalach says until in Pikudei Hashem is Samchei Leiv, that learning Torah brings joy to the heart. And particularly, the Rebbe instructs us to study the laws of the building of the Beis Hamikdash and all the things that relate to the Beis Hamikdash and to the Korbanos and to the coming of Mashiach. That through this learning of Torah, about understanding how the Beis Hamikdash looked and how all the things in the Beis Hamikdash took place, with all the details that relate to that on all levels. And as we learn from our Chachamim. The Medrash tells us that if we do this, Hashem says, Animala alehem, I will consider for them as if they are actually involved in the very building of the Beis HaMikdash itself. And this kind of conduct brings out in a revealed way the innermost point of the three weeks because we will experience them in a way that they will be experienced when Moshiach will come. As the Navi tells us, when we started the Sikha, we learned that Somha Ravi'i, the fast of the fourth month and the fasts of Asarabitavis and the fast of Tishabov and the fast of Samgadalia, all of these fasts of sadness and gladness will be transformed to great, great joy and gladness, and to very special days and very special times. May we merit that this happens speedily in our day before we even celebrate the base Adyukimultamos as we come now from Gimel Tamos, which according to what we learn here has an inner strength that is even greater than anything else. Thank you.